Welcome to the North Main Podcast, a production of North Main Street Church of God in Butler, Pennsylvania. This podcast brings you North Main's messages every week. We strive to know God intimately, grow in Christ continually, and go for Him daily. I invite you to listen in today as we explore the Bible and learn about its unchanging truths for living life God's way. Let's listen in to this week's message. Good morning. It's good to see you all this morning. Um, give me a second. I'm not used to stepping on at this stage in the day. My name is Sarah Lee, if you don't know me. Uh, I am the Worship Life Pastor here at North Main. I want to say welcome to you all, online audience as well. You are not forgotten. We know you're there. Um, my only fear is that this is recorded <laughs> 10 years from now. This was in style, I think. Um, but I believe that um, I'm here. <laughs> Duh. Uh, I made it. <laughs> um, just so you know, the, the, the beautiful girl that was standing here, that was mine. She came out of my belly. <laughs> um, I'm so proud, as a, as a mother, I'm so proud of my children. Um, I, can't, I can't thank the Lord enough for the blessing that they are to me. And I want you guys to know that whether you mess up, make good choices, you make bad choices, I always love you. I always be proud of you. All three of you. <laughs> I have four. <laughs> Y'all can fight about who that fourth one is. Um, I want to also thank you. Um, I'm also the pastor's wife, so I want to thank Brandon for allowing me to, to speak. Um, it's been three years, so he's had a lot of confidence in me. <laughs> also, fair warning, don't make jokes about us being siblings and me not say something <laughs> in response. Um, our, one of those examples is when uh, we had our our first child, seven hours of labor, painful. Looked over at her, holding her in my arms, so happy. Looked over at him, and he's happy. He's like, oh, I need to sit down. My legs are really hurting me. <laughs> um, that was the first of many. I could go on and on, but we don't have enough time. Um, but I get to make jokes about my husband, just me. Just make that clear. Um, and I love him. And honestly, there's no man that I feel like has stepped up and empowered women more than I've seen my husband do. So it's been three years, but that's because of my choice, not because of him holding me back. Um, Mother's Day, I, I you know... I, I know Mother's Day is not easy for everybody in this room. And honestly, if it's not easy for you, kudos to you for coming here because you know you're going to be faced with a lot of motherly stuff. And so I'm not going to tell you how to be a good mom because I'm just don't always, I don't know. I'm just figuring out myself. And also I'm not going to pretend that I know the pain that Mother's Day brings to many of you. So I want to acknowledge that we are 
Though some of us have the title of mom, we all have a mom, but not all of the time has that been a positive experience for all of us. And so I want to acknowledge that, but also acknowledge that you're a woman. And one of the things that the Lord has really brought me to um, awareness lately is that mankind is made in the image of God and man, male and female. And it, we, allow, we attribute God with this male identity which is totally fine. That's the most comfortable identity for myself. But I'm like, how is a woman created in the image of God? And I've been more and more aware of it through how he's created women naturally to be the, the comforter, the, the wisdom, the guidance. I'm sorry. My, I do this every time I mess with my microphone. Um, and so I want us to embrace that as women to say that I'm created in the image of God and God has a perfect, perfect purpose for me as a woman. Um, and there is a message from God through the perspective of a woman that all mankind can benefit from. And so I just want to open us up with prayer and uh, share with you a little bit of what I feel like the Lord has been sharing with me over the past week. Heavenly Father, I come before you and I just come and ask you whatever. Whatever you want to say, use me. Speak to our hearts, Heavenly Father, but show us who you are. May I not make it difficult for people to find you this morning. In your name we pray, amen. Now, I feel like all of us can pretty much say that we could all use a good dose of peace when you agree, whether it's in your personal life, in your political world, in your work. Um, and it's not hard to accept, you know, I think it's easy for us to accept that we live in a world that is without peace. In fact, we become expectant of chaos and conflict and, we, and that it will constantly be in our midst. <clears throat> However, we don't often realize how valuable peace is until we lose it in our own lives. When we lose our peace, we lose ourselves to depression, addiction, overeating, starvation, broken relationships, just to name a few. We find ourselves searching desperately to find the peace that we lost. When we lose our peace, we are at our most vulnerable. As believers, we should be at peace at all times. The world's influences and attacks threaten that peace, but it doesn't change the fact that we have access to it through Jesus Christ. So why is it that you and I struggle so much to find it, and then to maintain it. I was thinking about, in preparation of this week, started visiting different experiences throughout the day, throughout the week that have kind of challenged my peace. I want to give you a couple examples. And these aren't huge things, so I know that I just keep it in perspective of just this week with myself, but, you know, um, simple things like stepping on a Lego, Wearing a sweater in May. <laughs> Experiencing conflicts at work. Going to Starbucks and it's closed. What? I had a gift card. What's up with that? 
these are little, little challenges just throughout the day that I don't know about you, but I tend to get really upset. Like the next time the, the, the nozzle on the kitchen sink sprays me, I'm gonna go insane. I'm gonna go insane and hurt some people. Um, those are just little examples. And I bring that up just basically to break the ice, but also to say like every day we're challenged a little bit with what keeps our hearts and our minds at peace. Um, in the series, we're, we're into Amos, and Amos is what is a minor prophet, and minor prophets are ones that, you know, when you flip through your Bible, you can never find them in the book because they're like just a few pages in the Bible. They're minor because they're small books, but there's a lot of power in a lot of them, or in all of them, I should say. Um, Amos is a prophet of God, and he speaks truth to God's people, and he says to get ready, you're going ready, get ready, you're going to lose some peace. The first nine and a half chapters of Amos is filled with God's displeasure and his judgment due to, the, due to their choices. These choices have led to the worship of idols, the compromise of values, and broken relationships. He will not bless this behavior and will remove his hand, leaving his people to the consequences of their own choices. When we start to live out the consequences of our choices, we lose all peace. But God, being the very nature of love, offers a sign of hope. When his people seek him, he will restore the peace. Amos was, by this time, Israel was split. So you have the southern and the northern region. And, and Amos is like a little farmer minding his own business, and God puts a word and to him, he says, you need to cross over and you need to talk to the people because their behavior is unacceptable. So he watches over there and starts speaking the truth to them. Well, they don't like it. They try to shut him down. But <clears throat> he cannot keep himself from speaking the truth. And all of this is, you're doing this. This is the consequence of what's going to happen. You're doing this. This is the consequence of what's going to happen. Because the people have removed themselves so much from the presence of God that they are no longer able to even discern that their own behavior is unacceptable and displeasing to the God that saved them and loves them and wants to rescue them. If you're, there's a huge cycle of sin, and I find that, that we do this as well um, within our personal walks. We, we, we've we realize we're broken and we need a savior. So we seek God and we repent. And then we're in this times of peace. We really allow ourselves to experience what God's offering to us. And then we get tempted and then we step away from his presence and we find ourselves back in this sin or removal from God's presence. And then we realize we got ourselves in a mess we seek after him again, and then the cycle just... And this has been the cycle of the Israelites for years and years and years and years and years. Um, so Amos is communicating very clearly, like, this is... Guys, you, you kind of dug this for yourself, and now you're going to have to deal with it. At the end of Amos, it's really interesting, because at the end of Amos, there is a promise. A promise of peace restored. Amos 9, 11 through 15... Excuse me, I'm going to get a drink. <laughs> In that day, 
This is Amos 9, 11 through 15. In that day, I will restore the fallen house of David. I will repair its damaged walls. From the ruins, I will rebuild it and restore its former, former glory. And Israel will possess what is left of Edom and all the nations I have called to be mine. The Lord has spoken, and he will do these things. The time will come, says the Lord, when the grain and grapes will grow faster than they can be harvested, when the terraced vineyards on the hills of Israel will drip with sweet wine. I will bring my exiled people of Israel back from distant lands, and they will rebuild their ruined cities and live in them again. They will plant vineyards and gardens. They will eat their crops and drink their wine. I will firmly plant them there in their own land. They will never again be uprooted in the land I have given them, says the Lord your God. This promise rings true today. God wants to restore peace in our lives. But we must first do our part to claim that promise. We must first recognize how we lose our peace. And secondly, how to get it restored. Key point here is peace comes when we seek restoration. Notice I said seek, not create. God is the one, as we see in Amos, God is the one that creates that restoration with us. All we have to do is seek it. So I wanted to talk to you a little bit about how we lose um, peace. And, and some of this, I'm honestly pretty sure you've heard I've experienced before, maybe you're in a good stage of peace in your life right now. Um, but I think it's worth always revisiting because I think that's the, the times when the Israelites really lost who they were was when they stopped revisiting their relationship with God. Um, we lose, the first way that we um, lose our peace is that we lose our connection with God. I will say it over and over again. If you don't have a relationship with the Lord and you aren't constantly seeking him on a regular basis, you are susceptible to losing that peace. Because there's so much going on in this world, there's no way that we can have peace without him. So you must always and constantly be seeking the Heavenly Father. The Israelites had got themselves back in the cycle of sin because they lost their focus on God. No longer did they live like they were chosen. They were no longer living up to their calling. They were compromising what they, they decided, oh, this looks like a good idea. I don't care if God wants me to do that, but maybe if I just mix it a little bit and can enjoy a little bit of this world and a little bit of that world. And to the point that it just completely pulls them away from their communion and the relationship with God. They, were, they started to reject the instructions of the Lord. They refused to obey him. They worshiped idols. The standards, I love this. One, one of the, the um, research books that I was reading is that they, they, the standards of these idols are not the standards of God's. So what we think is just a lateral move, it's actually we're stepping backwards into what the Lord has called us to be. Because if it's anything outside of God, then it's something that's going to require you to compromise your relationship with God. And it may not seem like it's that important. It may not seem like a big deal. But it kind of is. Because that's what the enemy wants us to do is to get our eyes just a little distracted. Just a little distracted. 
So we completely, it's not so bad. It's not as bad as dot, dot, dot. They did not worship God with a sincere heart. And they did not run from evil. If we take it now in today's day and age, and, and I think it's different no matter what culture you live in. I think it happens, but I'm going to recognize how I have allowed this to happen in my life, and I feel maybe I'm not alone. But um, we get ourselves stuck in that same cycle. We start believing lies and falling into temptations that are not God's best for us. We live like we are less than what God's called us to be. And that's, that is so frustrating because I can have interactions with so many of you and I can see as a human being, as your friend, the value that you offer to this earth. And you don't believe it. And because you don't believe it, or I don't believe it for myself, we've just given away our identity and who we are. We forget that we are, do- are adopted children of God. I have shared this before, but I'll share it again. I, I have a nephew and a niece that are, are adopted. And, you know, they... I don't pretend to know what that experience is like, but I have heard and, and chatting with them, there is a little bit of somebody didn't want me kind of feeling, like somebody didn't fix their life enough to keep me. I wasn't worth fighting for. And it's so interesting that God calls us adopted children because you almost feel like if you don't really think about it that it's second rate. But actually it's not. You know why? Because God chose. We chose, and I tell my niece all the time, we didn't have to keep you. We wanted you. We prayed for you. We were desperate. We wanted you in our family. We would do whatever we could to make sure that we had you in our home. That's, I didn't get to choose these four. Debating. I don't know if you've ever told the story. It's a tangent. I don't think you'll mind. So, you know, this is nothing to do with it, but it's so funny. Um, Micaiah was 14, 15 years old. Have you shared this story before? You'll know in a minute. Um, And we, Brandon and I, were reading a lot about spiritual warfare. And and about, like, how the enemy can possess a person. Do you know where I'm going with this? And so my husband, I love him, but he is an only child. And he is not a woman. And so the hormones and changes that a woman goes through in her teen years is quite normal for many of us. Well, we're reading this book, and I can see him in the corner of my eye throughout the course of him reading this book, reading it. All the signs of what it's like to be possessed by the devil. So he starts to worry because he worries. First of all, I don't want this to happen to my child, and I'm a pastor. Like, how can this be? 
So he gets her where she's at her most vulnerable. <laughs> she's standing in the shower, closed and everything. He kind of like, peeks his head. He, hey, Micaiah, what? Because um, one of the signs is that a demon can't say that Jesus Christ is Lord. So, <laughs> say Jesus Christ is Lord. She goes, what? <laughs> just do me a favor and just say Jesus Christ is Lord. Jesus Christ is Lord. Okay, that's all I needed to know. <laughs> oh my, I've got to tie that into here. Somehow. Adopted. That's where I was going with it. Um, that would happen with your adopted kids too. I know that. But it's funny. Um, even in the midst of those behaviors, how many times has God been like, if I didn't know better, but I still want you. I still want you enough to fight for you. I still want you enough to, to bless you. I still want you even when you don't want me. And when we lose the, the realization that we have a heavenly father that is actually that desperate for us, that there's nothing that we can say or do to get him to not pursue us and to love us. And when we step into that and when they all of a sudden realize, gosh, this is who I am and who he's created me to be, there's a great peace. But then as soon as we step away from that, we forget. I'm adopted. I'm chosen. I'm wanted. I'm valued. Don't lose our identity, guys. We worship idols too. We compromise and give in to temptations. And I, I've been really struggling with this this past year about, you know, worship idols. It's so clear in the Bible what an idol is. And we always wonder, like, how did they get so off course? Um, but... Um, my phone's been on too long. My TV shows are eating up a lot of my hours. I really want the scale to say a certain thing when I step on it. I really care about what other people think. And I might try to adjust my words or my interactions so that that can be Give me what I want. We worship idols too. And if we don't recognize that, we again put something between us and God. We lose our peace because we have holes in our lives that we are trying to fill. We indulge in inappropriate relationships. We self-medicate with food, drugs, alcohol. We fill our time with social media. I, the bathroom has probably seen more traffic and time since TV, the phones have been out. Like, okay, like, come on. Do you really have to go to the bathroom that long? What are you doing in there? <sighs> Sitting on your phone. I mean, I've done it. Feet, toes, numb. 
We're empty, guys. Second way we lose our peace is that we lose control of our minds. This has been a real hot topic in my life lately. Um, the people were, of Israel were deceived and led astray. Their minds wandered. They forgot who they were and, who, and what God was leading them to do. And they failed to keep learning, reminding themselves of the path of their ancestors, reminding themselves, hey, I need to keep seeking, I, keep, I need to keep growing, I need to keep learning because it's like a drift. We're always going to be in a current, guys. We're always going to be in this place where if we aren't paddling forward and we let up, the current's going to take us. And it's going to take us in whatever direction that's the most popular, the most attractive, the easiest. So until we can keep our eyes focused and our mind controlled, we will always be susceptible to that drift. And we all do it. So I'm not pointing any fingers on that. It happens. Our minds are a constant battlefield. Doubt, negative self-talk, critical thinking of others. We lose our peace when we start believing the lies that we tell ourselves. The comparison game. Now, I don't know. I, I can only speak to how, as a woman... I'm susceptible to this, but I, I venture to guess this happens a lot with men too, but how we look, who we're with, what people think of us. Man, I fall to that so like if, if I could just have this just as good as this other person, if I could look this pretty, I'm not as pretty as that person. And, and, and comparison always brings us to one of two places, pride or self-deprecation. Right? Is that the right word? Um, there's never a, we're never going to be content. Continually comparing ourselves to what other people have or what other people do or how they look or how their relationships work. There are few things more hopeless and more distressing than living a life where we are constantly contrasted between who we think we should be and who we really are. We cannot have peace living in that kind of judgment, and we do that to ourselves. We are, not only, we are only subject to it when we believe, when we believe it, and then we follow its sentencing. I'm not good enough because... And then I will choose to continue to believe that. They, these messages, we expose ourselves to images and voices that will never validate who we are as people. They will always tell us we are never enough. Always. Second way, third way, our peace is challenged by our relationships. The people of Israel compromised so much, it affected their relationships with each other. They neglected the poor. There's one passage in, in, there's one passage in uh, chapter 5 where he basically says, you fat cows. And then he says, you women are sitting there telling your husbands, bring me a drink. Bring me a drink. We mistreat our spouses. We oppress our neighbors. 
God hates their worship because it is disconnected from how they treat people. We find ourselves in broken relationships quite often, justified or unjustified. We find ourselves offended by people. We don't know how to deal with that. We find ourselves living in conflict with other people or isolation from other people. We allow conflict to go unresolved and unreconciled in our marriages, in our family, with our family members, with our coworkers, with our friends, with, our stra- with strangers, with even people we talk to on the phone that we don't know very well or, or cashiers. I mean, how many times have we said something snarky to somebody because they've annoyed us or they have treated us badly and broken something within them? We neglect the poor and the oppressed. There's something in all of us that knows it is wrong to cause or even allow the oppressed and poor to get mistreated. But it happens in our presence. And I don't mean this as any condemnation because I'm not there yet. Like, I'm getting convicted, like the Lord's convicting me. I'm not sure how I need to flesh this out. But I have been guilty that... The oppressed get mistreated and neglected because I forget that they exist. But yet, I want to complain about, I hand over the responsibility that God has given me to help, help, and I hand it over to the government, and then I complain about how the government does it. Or I ask the government for money to do it, And then I complain because they tell me how I should spend their money. we got to do better about this. And I'm searching within my own heart. Lord, where have I, as a faithful follower of you, been unfaithful in my relationship to those that need you? And that could look different for each of us because all of us are unique in our own ways. But there's oppressed and needy in your life right here, right now. And perhaps... Because you've lost some of your peace that you can't even see that they're around you. But there's hope. (laughs) Thank you for your excitement about that. (laughs) Um, Amos says that God will restore our peace. How do we seek it out to find it? Our peace is restored. Let's first acknowledge, because I don't think that we really realize that peace is possible in this world. I think for me, I've always said, well, I'll get peace when I get to heaven. That's where it's perfect. But actually, no, Jesus quite specifically says, in me, you will have peace. In John 16, he said, I've told you these things so that in me, you will have peace. In this world, you will have trouble but take heart. I've overcome the world. So, okay, if he's overcome the world and I'm aligned with him, peace should actually come naturally out of that. Not easily, but it should overflow out of that. We need to restore our connection with God. And Matthew 6, 33 says, Seek the kingdom of God above all else. Live righteously, and he will give you everything that you need. Again, I will always say, start there. Find him. 
He is not going to play hide and seek with you. We, we, we recognize that he is holy. We recognize that he is omniscient. He knows all. We recognize that he's powerful. But his word says if you seek him, you will find him. I encourage you to spend time in worship, in, in his word, and in sincere worship with him. Just try it. Make a habit of it. Try it. It will change your life. If you're sincerely seeking after the Lord, I am, I am a firm believer that seeking after him will change things for you. Don't forget who you are, that you are chosen, that you're wanted. In 1 Peter 2.7 it says, You are not like that, for you are a chosen people. You're a royal priest, a holy nation, God's very possession. This is spoken from a man, Peter, who betrayed or didn't acknowledge that he knew Jesus. This is spoken from a man who's had to have many corrections from Jesus. Didn't always get it all right. Secondly, we must restore our minds. Romans 8, 5 says, Those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things. But those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that please the Spirit. So letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death. But letting the Spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. Guys, I want to encourage you to watch what you watch. I don't want to be a fuddy-duddy because there's a lot of fun things out there I enjoy. But I've felt very convicted in my own personal walk. I felt like there was a lot of things I was feeling unrest in and not a holy unrest, like dissatisfied in my life. You know, one, one time I was reading a book. I do that every so often. Um, but it was, a Christian ro- it was a Christian romance novel. This was years ago. I don't really read those anymore, but... And I'm sitting here reading this perfect man, you know, what he might look like and how he's treating this woman. And I'm reading it and Brandon's asleep in the bed. And I'm like, why can't he be more like that? It's a constant struggle to expose myself to things, TV shows, this expectation and even the flaws of these people that we see on TV shows are endearing, right? Like, aren't they even like, yeah, I could take that with the good, the bad. It's not real. It doesn't exist. If I learned that earlier, I think I'd have made my husband a lot happier (laughs) instead of trying to compare him to everybody else that I saw on the screen or the idea of what I don't know about somebody and pushing it on my marriage pushing that on my self-image of what I look like in the mirror has to be what has been photoshopped in the magazines. We've heard this message. This is not the first time somebody said this. But, you know, I could be told that. But then I turn around and continue to engage in shows that eat up my time and distort my expectation of what life should be. 
And so I felt like at least this year, and I'm pretty sure God was just saying, I'll tell you it's a year, it's probably going to be for the rest of your life. You can't watch that stuff anymore. It, it messes with you. And some of you may not be susceptible to that, but I am. I don't like myself when I finish watching those shows. I don't want to interact with anybody because I'm consumed by them because now we can binge watch it hours at a time. Comparing, 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 comparing. I had to stop. I feel a lot better about myself now. That brings to mind also to stop comparing yourself. You'll always lose. And there was a, there's a scripture, and I didn't write it, but taking thought, taking captive every thought. And I, I don't know how to do that because my mind is constantly swirling with thoughts. And how do you, what does that mean? Well, this morning, I literally had a thought in my mind, and I had this vision of me grabbing this thought before it could act. It was like in a box, and I literally grabbing this thought and throwing it away. And I think it's before you engage it any longer than it needs to be there. It's there, get rid of it. Take those thoughts captive. Philippians 4, 8 through 9 says, fix your thoughts. So when you do that, fix your thoughts on what is true, on what is honorable, right, pure, and lovely, and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all you learned. Keep doing it. And receive from me everything you heard from me and saw me doing. Then the peace of God will be with you. Lastly, we need to seek restoration in our relationships. This is hard. This is hard for me. We need to acknowledge that as we are given peace through Jesus, it is our responsibility to offer peace in our interactions with others. Romans 12, 18 says, do all that you can to live at peace with everyone. Some of us need to reconcile some relationships. Some of us need to forgive. Some of us need to acknowledge and seek toward helping those in need, the oppressed, the needy. Some of us need to change our attitude toward our coworkers, our family members, and our neighbors. I don't know what's more, like, as soon as you have a conflict with something, what does that do to you? Like, that just tears me up. I hate conflict, but I hate the, the brokenness in that relationship, especially if it's someone I have a close relationship. But I can't tell you how many times I've been rude to somebody, um, like I said, like in the grocery line or, or something, where they, they were, their customer service was not up to par. And I wanted to communicate that to them. Um, man, if I could get the grace when I don't perform up to par that I would want, could I not extend that to another person? Relationships are hard which is why I've spent most of my life trying to avoid them. 
But there's like this little gift that God says, if you want to experience all of who I am, you got to be with other people. There are, I have experienced the love of God in no other way than through other people. That's how he loves us, people. That's how you get to show the love of God, is through your interactions with another person. We may be right about a lot of things, but at the cost of what? Weigh it. Weigh it. Is it worth it? I can say with 100% certainty that God wants peace for your life. I can also say that unless you live as the chosen child of God that you are, and you walk in obedience to him, you will always spend your time wrestling or trying to manufacture peace out of life. God promised to restore peace to his people. That promise rings true today. If you don't have peace... When I say you're a chosen child of God, it's those of us that have allowed ourselves to be adopted. I, th- I think of um, Jordan. I mean, they gave him a choice. You don't have to be in our home. If you don't want to be adopted, we won't force it on you. So if you don't know him, I would venture to say peace is pretty absent from your life. If you want to be a chosen child of God... And you want to find peace is through accepting that adoption. I want to give you guys a challenge before I close out. I want you to take a month, just a month. Spend some time in his word. I don't care what that looks like. If it's in the car listening to it, that's fine. If it's five minutes a day, if it's just spending a few minutes here and there, Worshiping, playing worship music. Try it for a month. I want you to turn off media. (laughs) Here's the good thing about that. I grew up in the 80s. We watched shows. And I had to save all my urine for the commercial break. (laughs) And then you run to the bathroom. And then you run back as quickly as you can because you didn't want to miss the show. And when you miss the show, it's over. You don't get to watch it. No playbacks, nothing. Guess what? That doesn't really happen anymore. You can record it. You can watch it later. Can you give them a month? What are the things that when you listen to or watch are making you feel worse about your life? Can you cut it out? Just for a month. Lastly, spend time with a person in your life. You may not be in a situation where you have a broken relationship, and that's great. But maybe you need to open your horizon of who you're involving and allowing into your life. Can you seek out a relationship? Someone that you think that you can grow from and learn from? Some of you will need to reconcile a relationship. Can you pray for the strength to make that happen? For the words to say that will not make it hard, but make it easier? 
to come to, who, to know who he is and to mend. Jesus left his disciples. And he offers this, John 14, 27. I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give you is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. It's time to accept this gift. It's time to decide what do you really want? Do you want peace? Are you willing to do what it takes? Stop compromising. Start living as one who was chosen. It's time to say no to some things that you're entertaining in your life and you're filling your mind with. It's time to put yourself out there and build community or reconcile. Peace is promised, but we have to be willing to seek the restoration in our relationship with God, restoration in our minds, and in our relationships. Would you pray with me? Lord, we cannot do this without you. We want you. At least I pray that all of us do, Lord. The peace that you promised, Lord, is beyond all understanding. We can't grasp it. But Lord, I pray that lift our heads. Let us see Let us see you for who you are. Give us strength to pursue the next step. Be the peace that we so desperately need and that we want. And help us to be that peace to others as well. In your name we pray. Amen. Thanks for joining us this week. Check back next week as we dig deeper and go further in our understanding of God's word. Make sure to visit us on our website, www.northmaincog.org, where you can learn more about us. If you found value in today's message, we'd appreciate a rating on iTunes, or if you'd simply tell a friend about the show, that would be helpful too. Donating to the ongoing ministry of North Main is easy. Just go to our website and click on the Give tab at the top of the screen. Thanks for listening. We look forward to you joining us again next week.